0: Steve here from Production Music Tools. We are very excited to release Symbol Effects Bode in collaboration with our friends at 52Qs.com. This sample collection features 68 unique Bode cymbal performances, offering a broad spectrum of timbres textures and tones, and is the perfect choice for tension and trailer music. These were performed on a 22-inch stag traditional China lion cymbal, and every sample has been expertly recorded and performed by composer Dave Croft of 52 Cues. Incorporating these top-notch samples into your project is a breeze, simply drag and drop to create stunning transitions, and infuse your mixes with added depth and texture. You can find this pack at ProductionMusicTools.com as part of our sample pack product line. What is happening, everybody? This is Dave Croft, and welcome to another episode of the 52Qs podcast, your weekly insight into all things production and library music. Whether you are a sync professional, brand new to the sync, or maybe you're just curious, I promise you, you are in the right place. My name is Dave Croft, and it is so good to be with you today for a very very special Ready for Sync live episode of the podcast. Uh, We've got 10 cues queued up from the 52 Cues community, and I'm going to be giving feedback on those like you would hear from a music supervisor or a publisher or a potential library. So it is so good to be with you today. Also, I have to give a special word of thanks to the family, friends, and neighbors of 52Qs who really do keep all of this going. And uh, this would not at all be possible without them. So uh, if you want to also help support 52Qs while also getting access to extra bonus features like live streams, workshops, Zoom feedback sessions, hours and hours of video archives, then head over to 52Qs.com. It's free to join and membership subscriptions start at just around four bucks a month. So it is so good to be with you. We've got folks hanging out in the chat room already. Ooh. We've we've got we've got a, a super chat. We're so good to, to have everybody uh, with us today. It is going to be a stellar, stellar afternoon, and I am so good. And we're gonna we'll go. We've got ten cues. I think we'll be able to get through all of those. But uh, but yes, it is so good to be with you. Let's see, folks, we've got Source4, Timothy, we got Mad About Nothing, Dolfo hanging out, Greg, Felman Trace, hanging out in the chat. Oh, we've got lots of folks hanging out with us today, and uh, it's really, really, have I said this enough? It's really, really good to be with you. <laughs> so uh, this is our first of what I'm sure will be many Ready for Sync live events uh, where uh, hopefully folks... They're hanging out in the chat room. They can ask questions, and I'm going to be providing feedback. I've got the cues already queued up and ready to go. If you have any questions there in the chat, you can uh, you can ask that. Oh, it looks like um, <laughs> Shannon says skipped skipped dinner. Uh, your birthday dinner last year might be time to go out. Uh, Trace is budgeting, listening, and plotting her birthday dinner. And uh, I don't know, Chinese. Chinese sounds good, doesn't it? Mrs. 52Qs, who is hanging out in in the chat room. So uh, let's just jump in. Let's jump right in. Uh, but first, uh, if all throughout the afternoon, if you have uh, like I said, if you have questions, but if you are looking for feedback on your own videos, then you can head over to IsMyCueReady.com and you can order up your very own feedback, cue, uh, feed, uh, feedback video, just like I am giving. They're 50 minutes long, they're HD and full stereo. So you can uh, you can check that out. But uh, let's go ahead and get started. Let's go ahead and get started. So our first cue is from Ilya. And Ilya submitted an uptempo EDM cue. I wanted it to have a dance feel, but also can be usable for action or tense moments. So uh, this is uh, down to the floor and let's take a listen to it and we will talk about it on the other side. That was down to the floor from Ilya. Ilya, thank you so much for sending that along. I really, really like this bass sound at the top. It's really cool. That's a really unique sound uh, and and something that I think think helps it stand out a little bit. Um, And I can hear it. I can hear it being like in a in a club scene where it's a, it's diegetic, like it's a diegetic cue being put into a scene. If you're not familiar with that term, diegetic means something that is existing within a scene that the characters can interact with or can experience. It's happening in the scene. So if you're in a club and you hear music in a the club, then chances are that that's diegetic music. It's, it's occurring in the scene. Uh, and so uh, I could absolutely see this being used. In, in that in that sense now is it i mean could it be something like um like a tension cue maybe maybe like an action chase cue or something like that if we wanted to steer it more towards that then i think a few more um stop downs or edit points would help with that um so uh, uh so like if we were coming into this section here like a doobo and pop it on beat four. added just a not a full edit point like you might hear um, uh, like in a in a, in a regular tension queue kind, kind of like we have here. this edit point a little bit later or the stop down. All right that's 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 well done. but um a, a little more breaks, a little more of the ear candy things that a, a um, an EDM cue would have. But in general, I think this is working. The uh, the the mix is good. It could probably hit a little harder. You know, we're about minus 13 plus or so, minus 12. Yeah, I take it back. I take it back. Um, but uh, I think the kick could hit harder. The kick feels a little little wumpy. <laughs> I think I think the kick could smack a little bit harder here. Hey, what's up, Mike Sine? Thank you for joining us, man. But I I think this is absolutely working. Speaking of the edit point. Two, three, four, one, two. This is, that's pretty, that's a pretty epic, epic uh, edit point. Uh, And so uh, let me me put this into, uh, he says it's at 122. Uh, So let me put that to that BPM. Uh, and and kind of see if we can't can't edit that down just a little bit. Yeah, we have like a full two bar edit point. Uh, And so what if we crossfade here and do something like, yeah, I think that's all you need. I don't think we need any more than that. It's pretty epic as it is. Uh, But at the end of the day, is this cue ready for sync? I think, I think, yes, uh, Down to the Floor, um, as far as a title goes, that title works for me. There, there, there is an intensity and there's an anticipation to this um, that that doesn't really, it feels, Down to the Floor seems, you know, shorty sure got low, low, or whatever, but, um, but I don't know, I, I, I think we could use a little bit more of an aggressive title. But I'm telling you that sound that's a cool sound that works really, really well. So Ilya, thank you so much for sending this along. I think I think we're about ready for sync just a few tweaks and we are off to the races. So really, really, really appreciate, appreciate that. Uh, Ronnie has joined us. Uh, it's always the the kick that makes us uh, that, that, that gives us some troubles. Yes, just can hit a little harder. My recommendation would be using like a splice one shot for a kick because they often have uh, effects and everything kind of baked in and it makes things, uh, I don't know, it's just easier. I I, I don't know, I find it easier to mix splice one shots than, um, than bringing in my own kick and like tweaking it and all that stuff. So uh, Ilya, thank you so much for sending this along. Uh, next up, we have Timothy. Uh, Tim uh, says, submitted a synthwave down-tempo instrumental track that I would love some feedback on. Uh, it was for a taxi brief. How long? However, I no longer have the brief. All right, so let's uh, check out. Uh, this is called Tranquil Drift. That was tranquil drift from Tim Ackerman. Thank you so much for sending this along. I enjoyed this. That melody was really do 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 do. I mean, it's still kind of echoing in my ears, and I think that's done. It does a really really good job. Um, the mix was a little bit on the low side, and you said synth wave, and I was I was. I was expecting something a little bit different. Now I I understand it's kind of a, a chill wave down tempo kind of thing, and may, maybe I just misread it. Um synth wave down tempo. This has lo-fi vibes to me a little bit more, uh, where it sounds like a dusty record rather than uh a, a something kind of lifted from the eighties. Synthwave music, the, and and it's a fine line, isn't it? The 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 line between synthwave and lo-fi typically is the quality of of the recording or the quality of the instruments lo-fi takes an, a, a synth from the 80s and plays it today Synthwave takes a synth from the 80s and it needs to sound like it was produced in the 80s you know does that make sense like a recording from the 80s played today so it's deteriorated so so and I think it's in the drums I mean that's a that's a that's a lo-fi. That's a lo-fi drum drum sound and drum groove if I've ever heard one. So I think if we were going for synthwave, uh, I think we need to uh to brighten up or, or clean up the drums. And if we wanted to push into synthwave, I think a little bit more, uh, make a bigger, bigger deal of the arpeggiations and the boom, 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 you know, all of those types, all that type of movement. Or you just call this chill wave lo-fi, because the wave gives you permission to use some synth wave sounds. But it's firmly it's firmly lo-fi for me. Now, a couple of mixed things here. If, uh, if we kind of freeze it right there, we've got a really aggressive spike right here around 20K. I'm going to switch up the um, the yeah right around 22K or so. I'm not sure. It might be one of your effects. Yeah, so I'm using uh, I'm using the Pro Q3, and if you're if you're listening, just imagine the Pro Q3 where you can kind of freeze the uh, the freeze the waveform here, and we got this really aggressive spike around 21 k, 22 k. Now, as a lifelong drummer, I've long since lost lots of those frequencies. Uh, However, uh, I imagine somewhere, somebody under the age of 30 is really, really, really getting hosed by that frequency. Chances are it is uh, one of your lo-fi effects or something, which is introducing noise into the uh, the mix. And so I, I would be really, really careful. I think the drums could be a little louder, the dee, 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 those, those, those kind of Linn drum sounding things. I think they could be a little bit louder. And, and the breakdown felt like it was a little long. It really mellows out, which I think is cool. And this is working. But I would... I would add some more percussion or something like that here. It just mellows out way, way, way too much. And if we were looking for, you know, sync placement and that kind of thing, maybe a a stop down or an edit point where it just kind of breathes. And just boom, and then then let it, don't, don't take it to zero, but let it decay enough that an editor could go in, cut it, and add dialogue in between. And here's where I wanted the arpeggiators to come out a little bit more. Another thing to keep in mind with when we're doing synthwave, if you're if you have pads and those types of things, think back to how these were were programmed originally. It wasn't MIDI. You couldn't just grab grab something in a DAW and loop it. Instead, they were often performing these lives and, and live and very rarely. Would a composer just hold a note and then just kind of camp out, you know, for two minutes and forty seconds? Instead, they're going to hold a note, put a sustain pedal on it, and they're always tweaking knobs. or always moving, uh, moving the sound. It's always modulating. It's always shifting and filtering and evolving. And so, anytime you have uh, uh, something that was looking to be synth wave, chill wave, whatever. And you have these long sustains. Always look at how you can kind of move them around and modulate them, and have the sounds actually evolve over time. Is this ready for sync? Uh, I think it needs a little, just a little bit of help uh, for editors. the The vibe is spot on, and I think uh, a description, not calling it synthwave, is going to do wonders. The title itself, "Tranquil Drift," I think is fantastic and does a better job describing what the cue is. You know, I talk about titles and say. The title is the promise that the queue has to deliver on. And so yours does that. Yours absolutely does that. So uh, again, Timothy, thank you so much for sending that along. I absolutely, absolutely dug that. Next up, we have Chris Lozier. And Chris says uh, that I am taking a stab at hip-hop and trap, Trap, going for a positive uplifting cue. I have a tendency of veering off course and adding sounds and changes that I personally want to hear rather than staying in bounds of the category and genre. So I end up overriding, overthinking things. Welcome, welcome to the club, Chris. Uh, skills to work on or ign- ignorant originality, maybe both. So this is... Positive particles. All right, that was positive particles from Chris. Chris, thank you so much for sending that along. Uh I really liked this. You are right though. That well, like kind of like 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 what is is it hip hop trap? No. I, I feel like it has uh, positive uplifting a hundred percent. You are spot on with that. It gave me more kind of like owl city vibes, which I flippin' love, owl city. Um but it's not hip hop. It's or trap. It felt felt more pop EDM kind of thing, which is what kind of Owl City is and Imogen Heap and that kind of vibe. Uh, and if we were going hip hop, the 808s would need to be me much much stronger, and the um, the the trap hats, stutters, drills, that kind of thing. That's not what's happening here. But I loved it. I really liked it, though. Uh, we don't need two two breakdowns here, uh, and I think we need to figure out which which we want to do. We're at one. Uh, whoops. Uh, we are at one forty here. So let's change our tempo to one forty, and let's. I want to see what it would sound like if we just skipped over. Okay. I'm gonna adjust that. I mean, what what would happen if we did like something like this? So I'm, g- I'm going to try to shave off some, some time here. Let's, uh, this might, this might sound terrible. All right. One, two, three, four. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, no, you know what? You know what? Nope, nope, nope. Let's just, let's just get on with it. Let's just get on with it. Is that right? No, let's put it right there. Two, three, four uh, And it was terrible, but fathom the concept. Okay. So some, some weird timing things going on here. I think uh, this is an input error. At the end of the day, this this is, this this is not the hill I need to die on today. Don't want to get too bogged down. Ugh. Okay, but you get the idea. The timing isn't... Yeah, yeah. One, two, yes. That guitar, freaking guitar hero, man. All right, so this is really, really nice. The mix is good. The title is good. Is it syncable? I'm not sure. I'm trying to imagine, like, it sounds like title, like a title card, title music. I'm trying to imagine it kind of fitting into the background of a scene. Like here at the top, I think we're close. I think we're close. And here's the thing. You know, one, one one of the things that we have to do in the production music world is we are ultimately writing passive music. It's passive music. This is an active piece of music, meaning it demands attention. It's really good. I love it. I want to sit and listen to this, but can it fit into the background of a scene? And that, that might be challenging. I'm not saying impossible, but I'm trying to imagine a scene that it could work in, you know? Genre and category, I think, is is not the issue. Because we can we can get get away with something that sounds kind of out there, but I think it's just it's it it demands too much of the listener. I'm not sure it's gonna fit into the background. Yep. Shannon says, I like the Transformer-esque rise coming out of that. Uh Ronnie says I was lost in the music of the guitars. Um So I'm just re- reading through the chat. Uh, Mike says the track works for an uplifting feature for sports, but it's under. Uh, it's my understanding that features are hard to get. Yeah, it's it's not going to sit underneath the scene with a ton of dialogue. With it's not going to it's not a background piece. In which case, it would be a featured piece. So as long as we are in that vein, then I think we're good. But to be honest, if I were you, I'd put this out and release it on Spotify. Yep. For us, production music composer, writing passive music. And what makes this active? Especially here at the end. It's kind of too much happening here at the end. I butchered that transition. I don't know. It's just a feeling I get. Trace's infographic possibly. Possibly. I could I could see it used in like an ad where there was not a lot of dialogue, but just like floating graphics and that kind of thing. It could be. It could be. Yes. Kent, yeah, would love to have you. Yes, we're going we we're going to be doing it once uh uh t- twice a year or so. Twice a year. Yep. Yep, Trace says pre-meeting hype. Oh yeah, this is definitely like countdown, uh, you know, cause I, I could easily go up to my countdown. You, like imagine, uh, imagine this, right? Like we are counting down, we are coming in live in five minutes here. Right, that works, that works. So uh, I'm not gonna say no. I, I just it would be it would be hard to find a niche for it, but I think once it found a home, it would be really it would be really really well received. I, I've used this analogy before, but it's a little bit like four wheel drive. You know, some some cues are like four wheel drive. You don't really need them often, but when you need it, you're going to be really glad you have it. So uh, thank you, thank you so much for sending that along. I really really do appreciate appreciate you there. All right, next up, we have have Manuel, and Manuel says, um, I just uploaded my track from last week's Expedition 52, Welcome Climber, a dramatic underscore that I hope is suitable for emotional reflective scenes. So let's take a listen to Forged in the Fires of Tomorrow and talk about it. (laughs) that was Forged in the Fires of Tomorrow from Manuel. Manuel, thank you so much for sending this along. I absolutely loved this. That repeated motif is really, really nice and the perfect type of super simple melody that works well passively, right? You know, that's that's going to be like the, the, the name of the game here is writing passive music. And uh, it's, it's, it's repetitive, which is great. And you do a lot of uh, what I call static melody work, where the melody stays the same, but the chords change underneath it, creating the illusion that the melody is changing only because what is and isn't a chord tone shifts when the chords change underneath it. It's like, uh, it's like this, this sleight of hand. You're in getting extra mileage out of uh, what is relatively simple melody. That having been said, I had what I call a rhythmic vertigo at the beginning of this. I couldn't tell where one is. And we have to think, you know, think like an editor. Uh, when an editor is playing a cue, they are like ticking off measures. And because they're, they're thinking edit points and, and, and loop points and all that kind of stuff. So if I'm thinking, see, now I'm trying to unhear it. One, two, three, four, one, two, three. Four, one, two, three, four. So, so because our our the melody doesn't start on the one, uh, the one and uh e the uh e right. It's the uh and the e of the beat, which is great. Don't change the melody. I'm not telling you to squareify the melody, but we're probably going to have to establish like this is the downbeat. And so a couple of ways that we can do that to help ground the pulse is coming at at the downbeat, like a little whoosh or a a little cymbal scrape. I mean, I do cymbal scrapes like this all the time and a really soft sonic boom at the beginning, just... So now that I know that, it just grounds it, and it and it and it won't create issues. Because also, mm, when something is in the background being passively absorbed by the listener, they are also kind of ticking measures off, even on a subconscious level. And if something feels like it's not grounded in in a nice kind of predictable uh, chunk, then it could create a disorientation. Not a huge deal. Um, the strings are really really nice through this. If if not a little wide, let's look at uh, our insight meter and see uh, how wide the strings Yeah, do you see how it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of this way a little bit? It's kind of leaning to the left, and I think that's because that cello is so wide. I would go in there; you might have to counter pan it to kind of bring it to center. Don't don't turn it mono, but it's just a feeling a little. I wasn't a fan of, of that cymbal sound. It feels a little tingy, and later you bring in some percussion. Your instincts are right, but they're not moody and ambient enough. It, it sounds like, all right. It sounds like it sounds like a, a, a dude playing a cymbal, and I think the uh, the little bongo kind of sound or the little the little. Little small, it sounds like a it sounds like you know, a uh, karate kid, those little drums that like Mr. Miyagi was playing where they flip back and forth. There's actually a name for that. Um, that's what that drum sounds like. Uh, it needs a little bit more reverb, a little bit more, just needs to be more ambient and moody, I think. But other, otherwise, I really, really like this. And Forge in the Fires of Tomorrow, um, I would name it in this Forged, uh, Forged in Tomorrow or Forged Through Tomorrow or. In the Fires of Tomorrow. Forged in the Fires of Tomorrow, I think is too long. One, two, three, four, five, that's six words. You know, it's getting a little long, uh, a little wordy. Uh, in the Fires of Tomorrow, through the Fires of Tomorrow, that's, I would probably do something like that. Uh, I like Fires of Tomorrow. It's a little, it's a little artsy, right? Again, if the title is a promise that the cue delivers on, it's a little abstract, but uh, but I like it. And then probably don't need this... <music> This coda at the end—I don't think we need that. I don't think we need it. It's—if uh, this were a trailer, then a coda like that. But no, just go ahead and end. And, and watch, watch, watch that symbol. That symbol's uh, really crisp and, uh, and 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 just a little too too sibilant there at the end. Uh, Dendendaiko, thank you. Mad about nothing with the assist. Uh, I'm just like, those Mr. Miyagi drums. And no, they, they have a name, Dave. Come on, you're a percussionist. <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, mad about you. Or mad about nothing. You Could be mad about you, too. Thank you, Manuel, for sending that along. I really, really do appreciate it. Next up, we have Mark Morganshaw. And Mark sends along. He says, uploaded a track I just finished tonight for a library brief called Heroic Journey. The brief is looking for big sports events, epic orchestral and hybrid tracks for big sport events, epic... Uh, heroic, victorious, uh, meant to say it's 123 uh, and uh, can't share the refs, but this is track number 11 of the year. Nine accepted and two re- rejects so far. Well, congratulations. Nine in uh, by week seven. That's your, your great pace, man. No, uh, 11. That's a fantastic pace. So here is heroic journey. Sorry, I was uh, writing some notes. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta tell you, dude, I, I wasn't sure where this was going, but once we got into act three here, I'm like, all right, now we are here. So this uh, this is kind of adhering to trailer structure where we have kind of uh, an act one, an act two. Uh, uh, here's act one, act uh, two, a big chunky edit point, and then an epic act three, uh, and then into a coda or a denouement or a return to normal, that kind of thing. And so tri- typical, uh, very, very um, trailer form, which works well for these kind of epic things. I got to tell you, I definitely loved 50 seconds to a minute 50 more than the beginning. And for a couple of reasons. First of all, this little piano motif, do do boom beep boom Let's bring let's let's start off with the piano. I think we could start more intimately because Act Two doesn't really push the energy up enough from Act One, uh, and so I think. And I'm not saying make Act Two bigger. I think make Act Act One less. Uh, and so. Right, and so instead of instead of instead of just the the, the strings sawing away the whole time, but beep-boom-boom, 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 I think that's really really effective. It's just kind of too busy right from the beginning. And then you're doing a, a syncopated uh, kind of bass note here uh, all throughout this uh, the end of Act Act One and into Act Two, which I felt was kind of distracting. Is this right here? So that's cool. It never really settled into the pocket for me. And then did we do that really in act three much? So, so yeah, now the horns are, sometimes they're moving. And so there's just a, a, a lack of consistency, I think, in deciding kind of like, here is, is what everybody's doing and making sure that act one into act two and act three are all just gradations of that same energy. Personally, I would take the piano, make that the star of the show in act one, and then in act two, hand it off to the strings. If you are gonna do the syncopated thing, uh, uh, well, one e and two e right? One-e and two uh one <laughs> Counting is hard. And have everybody really punch it together. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But that's gold. This is solid gold from uh, 50 seconds out. Uh, And then I would probably put a little, little something uh, to help set up act, act one. In fact, I wonder. I just want to see what this would sound like. Oh, while we're here, I got to talk about this note. All right, so you're outlining an A minor triad here. Uh, Let me get my my big piano here.
1: Mm.
0: All right, and so you you go up to the C. You got to change one of those notes, and I would change... I would change that note there, the A, to a, to a G. Because otherwise, you're essentially still... it's You're, you're, you're doing an A minor uh, 7 chord in an um, in inversion, an A minor over C, and that sounds weird. And playing the 6th uh, of... Uh, it worked for Duke Ellington, right? But I'm not sure it's working. It's creating a little crunchiness right there. Um, but then go, and then, and the same thing's happening there. I think we need to, or, yeah, just move it, move it there. I'm not sure that's working. Um, but, uh, but otherwise, man, really nice work. I, I dig it. Uh, those are my thoughts for you, man. Uh, and I really do appreciate you sending, sending that along. Uh, I really, really dug that. Thank you very much, Mark. Next up, Dolfo. Dolfo is, uh, worked for Duke, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Duke, Duke uh, normalized the, the major six chord uh, as a uh, as tonic. <laughs> Dolfo says, uh, uploaded my modern noir tension. It's written for week five and is also written for the taxi listing. Oh, this is such an interesting taxi brief that I've seen a modern noir style crime drama hybrid instrument. Oh my God, let's just keep throwing terms. Oh, let's just keep throwing terms together. All right, so uh, this is City of Secrets. We're going to take a listen to it and then talk about it on the other side. Right, that was City of Secrets from Dolfo. Dolfo, thank you so much for sending this along. First of all, this is such a fascinating brief. I've seen a, a, a few other cues come through the community with this. And uh, I gotta say, you guys are killing it. It's such an interesting brief. It's like this noir thing, and all of the references start. Uh, yeah, so I think this is spot on. Now, of course, for the record, I don't work for Taxi. You know, if you've been following this podcast, I have somewhat of a love-hate relationship. (laughs) Oh, saying the quiet parts out loud. Uh, Love-hate relationship with the taxi screeners. I can't crawl into their head as much as I would like to. So I think this is fantastic in terms of being a hybrid noir. Could it be a little jazzier? Maybe? Maybe, but I think this is really, really working, man. You've done a really fantastic job of kind of blending these pulsing tension elements with the uh, the trumpet, uh, which feels maybe a little loud in the mix. I love all the pulsing and the ticking. I think that works really, really well. About halfway through, there's like a. right there. And maybe this is like a found sound thing. It feels like, like paper, like you went like, which I think is very cool. You know, I love putting recorded elements, but there's some quantization things going on. It feels out of time. Yeah, it's just not settling in. And I thought that was distracting. Also watch the uh, the pulsing. That part. Let's look at. Uh, this is pretty pretty wide too. It's 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 almost. Uh, that's, I think it's too wide. I think that this is spread out too thin. It feels kind of phasey and weird, distractingly so. Just be careful, just be careful. And the fact that it's a low frequency and having low frequencies spread that much, I think it's a... Uh... Dolfo says it's a Steve Slate brushed snare. Uh, is it maybe just a quantization thing? Because, I mean, brushed snare is one of the most... Challenge. It's one of the the, the the remaining bastions of good MIDI, right? The, the, everything else in the percussion world has been sampled and there's a reason that like I never mic my drums, which look great in the shot, and I don't play them as often as I could, but if I need to record drums, I'm probably gonna use samples, but there are some things which I will record and brushed snare and just kind of stirring and that kind of thing, and, and like like light brush on cymbal, cymbals and that kind of stuff. Oh, that is really, really challenging to pull off on MIDI. Um, but I, I really, really like this, man really really dug it i think it's i think it's a home run considering what they're asking for just uh here at the end though can we hold off the resolution of your trumpet just hold that no no so it all arrives together i think that would be more effective i felt like the the tr- what it sounds like is the trumpet botched the ending that's what it <laughs> sounds like uh you know it's like three fermata like and the conductor's going to cue the band and the trumpet goes Dah! because the trumpet players like not even paying attention and he looks up you know and they go oh sorry sorry buddy that's what it looks like that's what it or that's what it sounds like to me but I I, I dug this and a city of secrets hundred percent man I think that's a fantastic fantastic title. Dolfo, thank you so much for sending this along and uh and uh, best of luck please keep us posted and if you get uh, if you get a forward or a placement, Any of these cues, if you get forwards and get placements, please shout about it from the rooftops there over in the uh, community. We would love to love to hear hear from you for sure. Next up, Doug is telling us about uh, In the Pocket... Which is an upbeat horn-based instrumental for a library album he's working on. The reference is uh, "Feel It Still" by Portugal the Man. Uh, unfortunately, I can't play it because uh, like copyrights and stuff. But he made some tweaks, and so here is "In the Pocket." <laughs> That was In the Pocket from Doug. Doug, thank you so much for sending this along. And I hope that Doug's doing well. He lives in Orlando, also works at Full sale. Doug, you are the man. This is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of your guitar work. And I think this type of cue purpose uh, uh, perfectly illustrates the idea of a passive cue. It's interesting, but you know, you can clearly hear like the the new Motorola, of course, is Motorola still a company? Okay, the new T-Mobile, you know, Google Pixel 3 with with 400 cameras on the back, you know, all of those types of things. You can absolutely hear that and hear dialogue over it. I think this is really working uh, well. I gotta tell you when the drum, When the drum groove came, "bap a doom, bap a boom boom." I, the drummer, in me wanted a halftime groove because you got a lot of "boom check, 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 boop which is cool. But what would happen if you did this? You can have your cake and eat it too. You can have the the claps and and the other uh, rim shot, rim clicks, doing the half beats, but "boom, boom, boots boom." Because when I think in the pocket, you know, I don't think boop tap-boop tap, boom tap boop No, that's a little bouncy. But if you're thinking boop, boop, ka, k- k- boop, t- t- right, more Steve Gadd, more Bernard Purdy, you know, uh that kind of that kind of sound, right? You know, David Garibaldi. <laughs> and then, and then when you come out of the breakdown, you can have. you can have. you can have. And then go to a double time. And so going into double time becomes another gear of energy that you can throw into it. So then it becomes more like a shout chorus type of energy, which I think could be really, really cool. Now let's talk about this guitar solo at the end. I liked it, but it was too repetitive and a little boring. That's cool. All right. Okay. And it's like the same thing. And it's the same thing. All right. So let's craft a, a... a longer four-bar idea. Yeah. You know, just just take it up higher. Um, cause now it sounds like a loop, and we don't want it to sound like a loop. And then I would double that up uh with um an octave above it to give it another gear of energy. Horns sound great, man. Horns sound great. And love the shouts. A great ending, but uh, uh, it's not necessarily on the downbeat, but all of the horn stabs and everything really, really add to that. Um, and so yeah, lots of chatter in there. Um, uh, Nathan says, love Portugal the man. You're getting the sound, that is for sure, especially the guitars, Trace's chair dancing. It's a mood lifter and Shannon's liking the B-52s vibe to it. Uh, But really good work, man. And again, I'm a huge fan of your guitar work. Uh, I would just, uh, yeah, I would just do like halftime drum stuff, man. And maybe layer in some claps on two and four a little bit later, that could be cool. All right. So really, really appreciate you, Doug. Thanks for sending that along. Next up, uh, we have James. And James says, I I uploaded an orchestral piece. This is not for a brief, but I'm trying to compose with a fuller orchestral texture. I've been studying about mixing for orchestra and I'm still improving. And let's take a listen to time gone by. Oops, make sure we get everything. And it's a little, a little long. It's four, uh, four and some change. A little bit long here. Right, that was Time Gone By by James Oakden. James, thank you so much for sending this along. I got to say, your orchestral program is, is programming is pretty good, man. We've got a, a lot of great things going on. Now, all that having been said... Looking at this through the lens of production music is nearly impossible because this is going to be way too long for for a library to use for a production track. This feels more like uh, a, a cue lifted from a film, and uh, which is which is great. And I, I I also recognize that this was more of a, an orchestration, programming, and mixing exercise for you, which is totally great, right? Um, you know, but to answer the question out of the gate, is it ready for sync? Uh, I think it's too long. Uh, f- to be a cue usable from a library. It, it kind of travels through too many emotions, I think, that would, would make an editor kind of, um, uh, their, their lives a little bit uh, challenging. You, to, to be true, I mean, to be honest, you probably have two cues, two or three cues within here that you could probably just edit and lift out. But you did do a good job of, of having a theme and bringing it, uh, bringing it around, especially there at the end, from a mixing standpoint, I thought we were in, in pretty good shape. When, when the lows came in, I felt like, is it right here? I felt like there was a click or something. Yeah, there's a little click. And it's somewhere right around 40 or 50 hertz or so. It's clicking. I don't know if it's a low sub or something like that. Um, I know that when I add uh, sine waves, like low sub sine waves to orchestral cues, which sounds like it might be what you've got going on here. And if not, I would recommend that. It's really hard to get 40 and 50 hertz out of a double bass bass. Or an orchestral double bass, and so adding a, a, a soft sine wave just to thicken up the the sub sub bass, I think is a really good idea that I unapologetically stole from Christian Henson. Uh And but but in my instrument that I made, which is just a sampler in Logic with nothing loaded, it's a sine wave. If I, if. If I have it at full volume, it will click on the downbeat unless you go in and adjust the attack envelope. So you do want to, that's what it sounds like. I'm, I'm not saying that's what it is, but. Or if it's not that, then there's a grand casa, big concert bass drum, which is clicking. And the attack envelope is just so, it's so big and thick. I would be, I would be really careful. Um, do watch some of the quantization of the sh- short notes. This is one of the things that can be really challenging when you're dealing with orchestral instruments that are that are, are recorded like live, like really good samples. You know, when you have a, a woodwind or a string instrument with short notes, it takes time for air to start moving through an instrument or a bow to start moving on a string, and so that creates you know a few milliseconds of delay. I mean, we're talking, you know, five to 10 milliseconds of delay that you have to compensate for to get them all lined up together. And it sounds. Trying to find it. Here, which is really well done, but it feels it feels like it's dragging. Right, it just doesn't feel like everything is really locked in. And chances are it's quantized, it's on the grid. But uh, you're going to have to go in and and forensically place a lot of those notes, which is exhausting. But that's, I mean, as soon as we start dealing with real instruments, then we've got to do the work to make sure that uh, they pass off as real. Otherwise, we are in uncanny valley territory. There's that click again. This makes me think it's a, it's a, um, Gran Casa sample. Yep. Clicking again right there. So I, I enjoyed this. I thought it was really well done. And your orchestration chops are really good. The, 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 the harp glisses and everything were really, really nice. And I do appreciate you sending that along. Thank you very much, James. Next up, we have Enrico. Enrico with Ancient Anatolians, Anatolian Secrets. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Sadly, we'll not be able to make tonight, but here is my offering. Ancient Anatolian Secrets, uh, a cue that is part of an album of light tension cues I'm currently submitting to libraries with, sadly, not a lot of luck so far. Light tension with an Eastern Turkish flavor, mystery, mystique, intrigue, and foreboding overtones, traditional electronic and exotic instrumentation, Haunting rhythms and incessant pulses set the stage for adventure, mystery, and discovery. This is so cool because I'm doing, uh, I just wrapped up an album that's very similar to this. uh, And so uh, I'm very interested to hear yours. This is Ancient Anatolian Secrets. Right, that was ancient anatolian secrets from enrico enrico thank you so much for sending this along i did enjoy this i liked this uh this pulse i think it was really really cool and it's really interesting looking at the sound wave uh com- coming out that, that you could clearly see the uh the overtone series it's this nice round overtone series coming up uh that having been said um there were some really high resonances which uh, i imagine are going to gonna cause uh cause some problems uh and and when i talk about resonances you know if we're looking at the overall general mix thickness if you have certain frequencies which are spiking out in this case um, some of them are nine to twelve dB over where the rest of the mix is. Then we probably need to tamp those down. Uh, and there were some really, ooh, some really high ones here at the end. Uh, let me let me see if I can't freeze those. Boom! Wow, those really high were coming in at like twelve k, seventeen k. Again, you know, the dogs are barking in the neighborhood. Uh, In this case, we have a general around minus 12 to minus 6 dB. And some of these spikes are reaching into plus 9 dB over Unity. And so we have to be really careful. These are spiking out really, really hard. And if you can't hear them, like, to be honest, I can't hear them super loud in my headphones. Again, because A... (laughs) I am now over 50 and I'm a lifelong drummer. And so hearing much above 15 to 16K is, is honestly a real challenge for me. So I have to trust my meters and my meters are telling me, oh my gosh, we've got to tamp those things down. So be really, really careful there. Another note, the 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 brief asks for exotic instruments, which, which to be honest, I spent the first 55 seconds wondering where are my exotic instruments. And so if if a library punched this in, say, hey, Turkish influences, if, if they punched in Turkish flavor, mystery, if they used this description, you don't really get into the Turkishness until a little bit later, till almost like 55 seconds in, in which case the first 55 seconds of this cue is essentially not usable for, for a library or for an editor who has a scene based in Morocco or something like that. So I think we could sprinkle those things. We don't have to be super heavy-handed, but I think we could sprinkle those elements in earlier, easily within the first 15 seconds of the cue, at least play your cards that this is what this cue is about. Because to this point... This is pretty, there's nothing exotic necessarily about this. And so, you know, the type of sound, you could put, throw in a duduk in there, you can put one duduk sound in there or a vocal a vocal something or other, or um, bring in some of your instruments in a little early, just sprinkle them in so that it's exotic from from the get-go. I like the vibe of this and i wonder if if at some point we sh- that that main pulse the, the the main character here can we start it a little filtered and then just kind of open it up as it goes and gets brighter and brighter and then after this edit point and uh i didn't like that that kind of wind down i would do like a shah or something like that can, can we can, I was thinking maybe filter the filter the base back down and have it open up again so that we essentially have uh, an AA structure where it's a and then a again building. Um, or I was thinking of trying to trying to bring in uh, a breakdown or something a nice note. that's a nice note choice yeah so some of the, some of the, some of these overtones and upper harmonics are going to be a real challenge and then going into your into your button here dun, dun, dun. Yeah, let's let's not get too cute here. Let's just let's just stick the landing. Yeah, let's let's not get too cute. Let's not try to get too creative. Just stick the landing. Give him a nice soft Yeah, just stick the landing right there. I don't, I don't think we need to put a little break in there. It uh, gives them a nice clean ending. But uh, and I like the title "Ancient Anatolian Secrets." I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Google Anatolian. Uh, what that, Mrs. Fifty Two Keys? Or if you, are you still in the chat? Can you can you tell us what Anatolian? I'm afraid to Google it because I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to see you know live what Google results are gonna come up. But uh, I'm interested in what Anatolian means. And uh, I know if Enrico was here, he, he would be able to tell us. But Enrico, thank you so much for sending that along. Really, really do appreciate it. And then finally, we got one more cue that we are going to be checking out today. This is Martin What is Good. Martin, thank you so much for, for uh, sending along The Prince is Coming. I tried my hands at an or- orchestral epic piece, and I'd be interested to know if and how the piece could be improved be it in the mix or in the instrumentation. And yes, I know that editors don't like changes in tonality. Uh, editor, that, that was, yeah, that's basically saying, Dave, don't mention the tonality. I know about it. All right, so let's take a listen to The Prince is Coming and talk about it on the other side. Uh, I'm going I'm to go ahead and stop this. This is really soft and we're having some trouble. So I'm gonna go ahead and just boost the volume here. I'm having trouble hearing it. That was uh, the prince is coming from Martin. Martin, thank you so much for sending this along. Yeah, we've got a pretty just kind of like the, the the cue earlier, pretty standard garden variety trailer cue, and I think it works really, really well. And key changes in a in a trailer like this, I think, are really effective. That having been said, this ending one chord took me way by surprise. <laughs> Nope, nope, just end on a minor chord. And then getting to like that dominant five seven to one feels a little hokey. I'm not I'm not I'm not digging this at all <laughs> uh, Okay, the 5-7 works, you know, if it's like... Because we kind of have a 5-7 flat 9 vibe to it. But then resolving, the flat 9 doesn't natively exist in the major key. And uh, yeah, do not like... (laughs) That's a hard pass on that one chord there at the end. Uh, Not so much. Is that a C? Um, Ending on D major? Um, And... And again, um, key changes. Okay, love the opening. Of this we are going to have to to watch some of the uh, the volume here. The volume is really, really, really low, uh, and so it reminds me of, of a cue that I that I put together that I think has key changes. And this one has gotten some love. Let let me go forward a little bit. Checking the key change. So yeah, I love me some key changes. Uh, That having been said, can we make a uh, was that uh, was that used for golf? Yeah, that was used for golf, and it was also used for college football. Um, Trey, there was a, a it's when like Texas played Rice, there was a there was an opening feature story. Um, uh, the volume at the beginning is really really low, and if we look at the uh, this is this is what this cue is called it's called persistence. And if we look at the waveform, the disparity between the, the different acts, especially Act One into Act Two, isn't that pronounced. And so, if I were to uh, take this back to its its original, then it's so quiet. I I love the parts. I think we're in really good shape here. Um, and uh, going into Act Two, we, we we need a little bit more motion going on. If we were looking to uh, to this one. I'm starting to push to three, four. uh, uh, uh. There's more energy pushing forward, right? So we jump, 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 jump. Push, push. Because right now it feels like it's just relaxing back. And push, push more, push more, more. Of course, I love those horn lines, man. Uh, I And I did, I'm not saying, yeah, I do not own this this type of horn line. It works really, really well. It just needs more layering, more thickness, more energy, 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 energy. Yeah, and that needs to that needs to smack you in the face right there, blam. But here's here's what's cool. Beep, 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 that's working for me, right? The rest of this, M- Martin, this is just craft. This is the craft of doing it, right? Uh, and so the composition itself is sound. Your instincts for what makes what's going to make a good melody, when some things come in, that's all. That is all uh, teachable. What's the tough? What's tougher? Not impossible, mind you. I believe anybody can compose can compose and i believe anybody can be creative but the instincts of this is what's working this is kind of what what we need here this is the type of string ostinato and so i think it their instincts are spot are spot on uh, approach your key change you better like duh, 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 really really build it and it needs to smack you in the face going back to persistence You can see the waveform gets denser and denser, and then I then I start adding some backbeats. So it's it's I, I've been going and then I lay into a groove, which you have here again. Your instincts are are spot on. Tubular bells—it's all there. I think it's just a matter of of working the craft. Uh, Mikhail is saying some really, really nice things. Uh, really appreciate, really appreciate that. And good to see uh, Jeff, Jeff Laplante in the house. Good to see you. And good to see you, Mikhail. What, what are you doing, wake man? Is it isn't it like uh, eleven thirty at night in the Czech Republic? What are you doing awake? Oh, night owl. <laughs> Now, now, going to Persistence, let's just see how... I ended it on a cliffhanger. Right, that's a cliffhanger. And then, go back. This is the coda. A little tubular bell into the end. Right, and so... Uh, and so, Martin, thank you so much for sending that along. Uh, I think uh, I don't think it's quite ready for, for sync yet. I think it needs some work, needs some mix work, and it needs some uh, some layering work. But uh, really, really do appreciate you sending that along. So so many nice things. Uh, Trace the Lomane has arrived. Well, this is perfect timing. It's twenty three thirty. Ah, you Europeans in your twenty four hour time. <laughs> What's that? Eleven thirty, right in Austria. Thank you so much, uh, everybody, for joining me today. Uh, and remember, hey, if if you are looking for feedback on your own cues, you can order up your own queue at ismycueready.com. I would love to help you out and give you a a, a video, fifteen minute video, where I will. Uh, uh, do everything we did here and even more in depth. And so I would love to help you out. And uh, like I said, this isn't the the last time we're going to do this. We're going to be doing these Ready for syncs at least uh, at least a couple of times a year and uh, really do appreciate you. The next live event we have coming up in a few months uh, here on YouTube, open to everybody, is going to be a Q&A. But that is going to do it for me. As always, thank you so much for your support thank you for the folks who hung out with me in the chat really really appreciate you and appreciate the family friends, neighbors, subscribers who pay their actual real life money to keep all of this happening. Notice you didn't hear any embedded ads for plugins, patches, libraries, meal plans, mattresses, supplements, hair, hair loss treatments. Lord knows I could probably use them. And the reason that is, is because of listeners and supporters just like you who help keep all of this happening. So I appreciate you. I love you and uh, none of this would at all be possible. Uh, Shannon, uh, Mrs. 52Qs, anything else? Anything else we want to talk about? Uh, Well, Oh, we can talk about next week here on the channel during the podcast. Next week, I will be joined by TC and Frank from the Music Interval Theory Academy. Uh, I really enjoyed hanging out with them. Uh, Mita, they have a fantastic podcast. You should go subscribe to that podcast uh, because they are fantastic. And what they're doing over there, a a fourth dimensional way of thinking about music theory. But that is going to do it for me this week. I hope that you have had an amazing, amazing week. And I look forward to talking to you next time. And remember, friends, that the universe has amazing plans just for you. Until next time, peace. The 52 Qs Podcast is copyright 2024, 818 Studios, all rights reserved. The music played on the podcast is copyright of their respective owners and is used with permission and for educational purposes only. For more information, including joining the community or becoming a member subscriber of 52 Qs, head over to 52 qscom Did you know that more and more libraries organize their catalogs as albums, complete collections of cues that all share a similar theme or purpose? But... What does that mean to us, the composer? Do we have to write an album in order to get placed in the library? And if so, how do we get started and how can we even be sure we have that many ideas? Well, if this sounds like you, then the 52Q's Album Accelerator is your answer. This self-paced program with over six and a half hours of video content, discussion threads, articles, and resources will guide you through the entire process of creating a production music album, ready for library usage. We give you tips on coming up with an album concept, finding inspiration for composing, cue form and structure, and navigating project management and deliverables, all while working towards finding and pitching to libraries who need what you're best at writing plus you'll receive a 90-minute one-on-one zoom session to listen through the cues in your album go over your pitches and discuss strategies for library placement so head over to 52qs.com accelerator for more information and to sign up today again that's 52qs.com accelerator